Welcome to the Beauty Business Strategies Podcast, where we give salon, spa, and med spa owners quick tips to make more money, inspire your team, and create world-class client experiences. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Strategies Podcast. My name is Michael Yost, the president here at Strategies. But more importantly, today, I get to be the fun host of our podcast, and I am looking forward to another awesome conversation, uh, as we have been having with multiple different people and business owners uh, all over the United States. And today, we are joined by Rachel Beachboard. Rachel, how are you today? I am doing well. Awesome. How are you? I'm great. I am great. So I want you to give yourself just an introduction, an overview of just, you know, who you are, where you're from, your business. Uh, just so, again, the listeners out there have an idea uh, and can put them in, in, put you in their minds. Yeah, definitely. So as Michael said, my name is Rachel Beachboard, and I am a salon owner and stylist and educator. So I have been a salon owner for almost seven years. And I have been a stylist for 14 years, and I have been an educator for seven years. We are located right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, in Lebanon, Tennessee. And I have just a small group of powerful women, and we just absolutely love what we do. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So let's get into, you know, just... Start with some questions. I'm going to start with uh, kind of one that maybe kind of sets the kind of sets the tone maybe for the rest of our conversation. And, and that is this. I always like to kind of ask and, and start out is when you think about your business, your team, what would you cite as your greatest achievement? If you had to kind of say, man, this is just a, something I'm really proud of. And I, I guess when I put it out there, when I say greatest achievement, you know, maybe we can even kind of qualify this within the idea of, you know, maybe something more recently uh, that comes to mind that really stands out. Maybe it's something that overall the life of your business, something that you want to cite. But so, you know, I guess when I say greatest achievement, I'll kind of give you a little bit of leeway there. Uh, you don't have to think about the entire life of your business, but maybe just something more recently, even potentially that stands out to you. But what do you what what are you really proud of? I would say like most recently, um, I would say within like the last two to three years, like our culture has really taken a huge shift. My leadership has taken a huge shift. Um, and I just, I love the team that we are growing into and the team members that we have. And basically what it boils down to is like the relationships that we have with all of our clients and customers that come in. And, you know, most recently we won customer loyalty award and like that was just, that was magical for us because we strive so hard. That's part of our mission is building that relationship within our team members, our customers, our guests, our community. Um, you know, we have a pretty big outreach and that's just been our huge focus is creating those relationships and, Part of that is building a strong culture and a strong team. And to build that, you have to have really strong leadership. And so I'm really proud of the culture and the company that we have built. And to be able to say that we are um, an award-winning salon is really, really exciting. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, it is exciting. And, you know, you referenced the fact, and again, you were 
uh, the winner from uh, of customer loyalty from our strategies awards uh, for business awards that we give out, you know, every year in a multiple different categories. Again, you know, it's fantastic. And what you've done is fantastic. And the story of that and what you've been able to achieve in the area of customer loyalty, that ability to retain clients, to keep people coming back, to stay, you know what I mean? Just, you know, shout your praises from the rooftops uh, as such. So something all businesses strive for. But I think you bring up something that is at the heart. Well, we could spend time talking about that, and we certainly, I think, will. But I think you already hit it, Rachel, right out of the gate is, you know, the, that kind of uh, outcome doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, it doesn't happen without you. You mentioned to me, you know, three really key ingredients you mentioned the idea of leadership. You mentioned the idea already of culture. You talked about the idea of team. Uh, you know, all those things are those ingredients that make that outcome of, you know, being able to provide a great experience that people want to stay returning to that customer loyalty piece. So, you know, you could you set it up so perfectly for me. I'm just going to build off of what you're talking about. Let's start with leadership. I think that, like I said, it all begins, you know, from a leadership standpoint. So, you know, let's start with this. When you think about, you you said over the last couple of years now, what you've been able to achieve just as a business, maybe in particular around this area, but just looking even as a company, you know, what have you learned leadership wise? Let's start with that. What have you learned leadership wise the last two to three years that maybe look different than it did prior to those last couple of years. You know, how has your leadership stepped up? Maybe how is your leadership, what's looked maybe a little bit different? Where have you engaged differently? Maybe Anyway, so talk to me about that aspect. I mean, for me, my leadership really started with like my personal development journey. Um, I started in personal development about six, seven years ago when I opened the salon because I knew that my my dream and my vision and what I wanted our company to be is really big. Um, the ripple effect goes very far. And I knew for me to achieve that and for us to achieve that, I had to start with me because we know it starts at the top. So really diving into my personal development journey and getting out of my own way and really having those um, tough conversations that sometimes we don't want to have with our team members. Um, but ultimately, my goal is to help them grow, not just professionally, but personally as well. And I have always said that from day one. I grew up in a family-owned business, and my grandfather always instilled in me that you have to take care of your employees, and your employees will take care of your customers. So it's always been my mission and goal to create that environment, that culture, um, that mission to where you know service providers can come in and and grow, not just professionally, but personally. And Especially over the last couple of years, like leadership has been tested hard, hardcore with everything that's been going on. And, you know, I have learned that you just have to lean into it and you have to have those tough conversations and um, really be there for them and coach and mentor every single day. Um, but really just creating that relationship with them as well. Um, but really, that's where it started with me was the personal development side of it. So. I am constantly doing personal development. We have a huge personal development um, shove in our company that we, you know, we help them and we do a lot of personal development training with our personal development coaches. And of course, you guys, um, but really it just starts there. It starts with me getting out of my own way so I can help them grow because it's not about me. It's about them. 
love it. I love it. There's so much good stuff in just what you just said. It's like you're giving me too much to talk about in one in one segment today. Stop it, Rachel. Um, you know, and again, I, I love, you know, you referencing your grandfather, smart man, his advice there. I would I would definitely uh, we can all learn from that statement. You know, again, leaders, if you take care of your people, your people take care of your customer and, uh, you know, take care, you know, leaders take care of teams, teams take care of customers. And I think that's I think that's really, you know, a lot of wisdom in that for sure. I want to start on, and I'm writing notes on the side, and there's a couple of different directions I want to go, but I want to try and stay at least within, you know, this conversation before I branch out and explore other things that you're making me think about and things I want to learn more about. <clears throat> you mentioned a couple of times the, the tough conversation. You mentioned a couple of times the tough conversation. Um, I think that's something, uh, you know, any business owner out there, any leader out there listening, you know, to this podcast can probably relate to is... You know, whatever that tough conversation might be, it might look different for everyone, but it's just something that's a challenge to us. Um, how do you, I was going to ask, and I want to ask this, but there's a couple things I might want to ask even before that, but I'll just start with the first question that came to mind. How do you approach a tough conversation? Um, and Again, maybe just for comparison, just to kind of, because it's something I want to know too, how is that different now than it might have been even, like I said, a couple years ago? Like, what, how is your approach different? How do you introduce the the topic or the idea? Because a tough conversation has got to have something there. It's like, okay, you know, I know this is going to, you know, I don't want to put the defenses up. I want to keep defenses down. I want to be able to have a conversation, but it's something that you might have some sensitivity to it, right? Maybe on our end or on their end or both. So how do you approach a tough conversation? And, you know, you know, again, even if that can also reflect a little bit of your journey from how you kind of might used to do it, if you did it at all to now how you do it and stay consistent with it, or just talk a little bit more about your approach as a leader in that world of the tough conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, how I used to do it is I didn't really have like a neutral standpoint. A lot of times when I had to address like, you know, behavior that wasn't okay or an unhappy client or, you know, a bad review with one of the stylists or anything like that, or just something that needed to shift within you know, their teamwork and, and how they work in the company, you know, it wasn't, I didn't take the time to really sit down, think it out, look at it from their perspective and go in with an open mind and an open heart. Whereas now I sit down, I evaluate it. I still, you know, there are times that I take a day or two to address it, but I will address it. But I really want to look at it at all different angles and find out where this behavior might be coming from. And go in with a little bit of empathy, you know, like I had to have a tough conversation um, with one of my service providers um, about, you know, really bad review that had came in. And it was a tough conversation to have with the client because I had to reach out to the client about it. And if we don't know, we don't know. So not being afraid to ask those customers for that feedback and truly listening and understand from their point of view. And then taking it to your service provider and being like, okay, this has been brought to my attention. I know that the actions and behaviors that they're picking up on is not 
your core. You would never, I don't feel like a team member truly comes to work to be a bad team teammate or provide bad services, you know, so really having like empathy for the situation and really try to get to the core of what's going on. And what was going on was a lot of um, not believing in yourself. Interesting. And that was a lot of their problem. And it was like, okay, so now that we have this feedback, how can we grow from that? What can we learn from it? I know that you didn't do this intentionally or whatever, but how can we learn from it? Because I want to bring it to my team to make sure that they know like how they can grow in the company. I think that that's very, very important, but also you don't know if you don't know, you know, so just really coming at it from a, from a place of empathy. And I don't want to say like I'm neutral to it, but just knowing that sometimes like those hard conversations, it's not about scolding someone. It's truly about helping them grow through that because they may be struggling with something that you don't know about. And it's not for us to take on and our mess is not for them to take on, but we can't, we can't, if we're held back by ourselves and, and we know that we can help people, but we, we choose not to, like, we can't grow together. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, it makes, man, a, uh, a ton of sense in there. And, you know, things that, you know, I, I love that you're, you know, and I'm trying to process it all, you know, just to kind of take in the, those pieces that you're discussing there. You know, a couple of highlights that stand out to me, you know, and I want to I want to stay in this in this topic for a, a little bit longer here, you know. Uh, you know, what I find really fascinating about what you just shared there was, you know, if you didn't create the the opportunity to have this discussion, if you didn't do that, you would have never really found out that behind all of this, the challenge was, again, just, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, poor, some self-doubt, you know, was in there. You know, just like not sure, am I doing the right, you know, whatever that might have been. Am I am I skilled enough? Am I am I doing this right? Whatever, whatever the topic happened to be, but just that self-doubt pouring into it. But had you not created a conversation, you know, typically what we all do is we'll assign our own thinking to what we think is the problem. And we'll probably attribute to something that might have nothing to do with the problem whatsoever. You know, and yeah, I think that's a that's assume. a common mistake that leaders make. Yeah, you just like you can't assume because had I not, you know, and and when I set the service provider down, I told her, I said, this is going to be a hard conversation for me and it's going to be a hard conversation for you. And we're going to take what we can and we learn from it and we grow from it. But had I not created that space for her to be able to open up to me, I would have never known that like there were some things that she was trying to work on personally that affected her professionally and I wouldn't be able to help her with that. Love it. Love it. So what I want to do here, if we can, I'd like to kind of reset everything you just shared there, but maybe break it down into like three or four uh, tips, three or four steps, something like that. So I'm picking out some key things. Um, you know, myself, I'm hearing, you know, you created a safe space. I'm hearing word empathy. I'm hearing a lot of different things of of that nature. If you had to give like three or four, maybe there are five steps that you would, you know, if you're giving me advice and saying, hey, Michael, let me share the three, four, five key things that I think you can do to create 
the right setting or or the right opportunity to have that tough conversation, what would be your highlights? Like I said, you, what you shared was beautiful, but what are the highlights from there that you could say, you know, if I could write these down, it's, you know, this, 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 and that's going to set you up the right way. Do you, can you put that together for me? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I would say process it. Okay. Love it. Um, go into the meeting with an open heart and have empathy around the situation. Um, gosh, three would be, what can we learn from it? And four, how do we implement, implement what we learned from it? Love it. I am too busy taking down notes here. Basically do like a debrief of it. Yeah. You know, what happened? You got to process what happened, <clears throat> what worked, what could we learn from that situation? What didn't work in that situation? What Love can it. we leverage? What we can, what can we hang on to and what can we change? Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. So again, I'm going to, you know, you just hit it. I'm going to repeat it back one more time just for everyone. This is great. This is the gold, man. I love this conversation. It, you know, I wrote down process it. Step one, you know, take a time because sometimes if it's tough conversation, sometimes you come in too, too early, too much emotion with it. Doesn't mean you let it go for weeks. It just means take, take an ample, take the right time to get yourself in the right headspace. So process it. Love that open heart, that empathy piece. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to come into this and I want to be open to this conversation. Uh, step three, what can we learn from it? And I think that is the power of it. And I think that, you know, that combined with, you know, how can we implement or what can we do? What's our next step with it then? Let's, all right. So now that we've talked about what we can learn, what are we going to do to be better going forward? What, how can we implement? What can we do next? I think that those two last steps, especially, are so powerful from the standpoint of it it would seem to me and you tell me if I'm on the right track with this or not it would seem to me when you get to the point where you've set yourself up right you processed you're going in with the open heart you got the right attitude with it coming in with that empathy but now coming with the attitude of what we can learn from it it's not putting anyone on the defensive it's just saying let's learn from this experience more than what you did wrong or right. that kind of thing would Right. think that's right, accurate? And that's my biggest thing when I sit down with them and, and have to bring this to their attention. Anything, whether it's a bad review behavior, hey, we need this to change, we need this to improve, is shake it off. Don't take it personally. Learn from it and move forward. Because, man, if you hang on to that, it, you can create some trauma around it. And that you don't want to do, you know, because that little voice in your head is like, going 100 miles an hour. See, I told you you couldn't do this and all this and that. And you just, you've got to learn to shake those voices in your head. So learn from it and don't take it on. Yep. Good stuff. Great advice. Great advice. So we started this conversation because I want to kind of have enough time to kind of cover the three things that initially were in my brain, which were you know, hey, listen, if we want to set up and have a great and we could look at and actually I'm going to kind of reframe even this whole conversation. At first, I thought to myself, yeah, you know, you brought up customer loyalty and I'm like, cool, let's let's build a conversation around customer loyalty. And how do we how do we create that great, you know, that great outcome in our business? But really what we're talking about and you start talking about, you know, I want to start with you, the leader, and then talk about culture, talk about team. 
you know, as a resulting, but really what I'm already kind of hearing here is this. You put these key pieces together and as a result, we have a great outcome in your area around customer loyalty. Great. But also, this is, to me, when I look at what we're just discussing here, this can be channeled any number of directions for any aspect of your business. I mean, do you pretty much say, man, this is the kind of the formula that you apply to all aspects of your business? Would that be fair? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Like, And that's how, I mean, that's all part of like our personal development journey within our company too is, you know, what happened, what worked, what didn't work, let's debrief it go into it with an open heart, open mind, um, and learn from it. Every day is a learning experience. There is no such thing as failure. There is a lesson in everything. Right. Love it. Love it. Before I move away, because I'm going to shift a little bit away from kind of the that leader piece, you gave us some great, you know, some great takeaways and some um, really great things to think about as a leader, and especially as it applies to tough conversation. But you gave a great example just in general, again, I don't want anyone out there to miss this. Not only was that a great example about how to handle tough conversations, but it's a great example as to how to have the right mindset as a leader, um, you know, and apply those things, you know, in leadership in general. So, you know, again, don't confine that to just one area only with your thinking. You mentioned something, and that was that personal development piece, um, you know, and just as something was really important to you and always looking to grow and yourself to be better and things. Let me ask this question. Staying within this frame of a leadership is um, what what do you do maybe on a daily basis? Maybe it's weekly or just in your routine somewhere. But what's one thing that you might do that you really say, you know, this helps to keep me centered? Uh, as a leader, this helps me keep me centered as a business owner. This helps me to keep me again. When I say centered, I mean we, we're a business owner. You're a leader in your company, uh, but you're also you've got your own personal life, you know, as well, and all the things that fall into that, and those responsibilities and whatever roles you play there uh, in those areas, from your family, immediate family, to friends and things of that nature. So what do you do to keep yourself centered? Is there like one thing in particular that just keeps you grounded or keeps the, keeps the noise out that keeps you focused? I wouldn't say there's specifically one thing, um, but definitely having a strong set of boundaries. So making sure that I'm taking time for me. Um, but one thing that really keeps me centered is my girls. I mean, to be honest with you, like, especially going into the salon, like we have an open door policy. I've never been the one to say, drop your stuff at the door. Um, we've always helped each other through it. And, you know, like for instance, I was having a rough day the other day and then they could tell and um, they were just like, what's going on? What's, what's going on in your mind? Like we can tell, like, you're not totally here and you're not totally present with us. Do you want to talk about it? And I just think that that's a beautiful thing that my team can lovingly call me from a, from a space of love and say, we can tell something's going on. How can we help you through it? You know, so it's really having that tribe of people that, you know, are there to support you on the good days and the bad days, you know, and on the bad days, just trying to remind myself of my accomplishments and say kind things to myself, really and truly. I have like stickers all over my um, 
my mirrors and stuff like downstairs and up in my office. And it, it's just words of affirmation. So love it. Love it. You know, and you brought up something and it's a perfect segue in the culture. What you just described there about how your team can sense when you're not, you know, you might be having a tough time, tough day, need your, you know, support. Because really, it's so amazing that this topic and the way you just described that is coming up. Because just in this last week, in my own personal conversations, we've been talking a lot about culture in general. And culture, uh, as we define it here at Strategies, if we have to give it a, a definition, by our definition, it is, you know, the collective behavior of a company around it again, because everything that we talk about that way, because every aspect of your business can have a culture to it. You know, retail has a culture. What's our collective behavior and attitudes around retail? What's our collective behavior around uh, our time standards? What's our collective behavior about just, you know, how we show up to work every day and our, and our work ethic and, and those kind of things. So everything has a culture. And so the topic came up and it came up in this way, overall culture, because I said, you know, some of us as leaders, I think, go, when we're on our game, our culture is strong. And sometimes we fall into the kind of the disbelief that maybe our culture is strong. But really, the test of culture is when you as a leader aren't at your best, a strong culture is there to pick you back up. And you just described that. You just described that idea of that, hey, my culture picks me up when I'm not strong because that's what a culture should do. It should recognize who needs the help and is there to support everyone, not just, well, Rachel, if you're not in your game today, then our culture is bad today. Well, then it's a culture of one that might bleed over another, and that's not all bad, but a really good culture is there to pick you up, even the owner, the leader of the company, when you might be not on your game. And sometimes, guess what? We're not always on our game, are we? Right? <laughs> We're not always in, in the greatest in the, in, the, in the right spot. So I love that you described it that way. So the question now that I do have for you, setting all that up in that way is to say, what are, what do you view as maybe the key ingredients? What do you view as the, the as some of the key aspects, uh, the key systems, however you want to describe it? But what do you think then are the keys that build that culture that says, yeah, you know what? We're strong enough that when you're not on your game, we're still, the culture is still to support everyone. Honestly, I think vulnerability. Okay. I love I it. I really struggled with that because I thought that being vulnerable with my team meant that I was weak. Whereas in turn, being vulnerable with your team only makes you stronger because then they can help carry your load. And that was a suggestion from my strategies coach, Melanie. She was like, maybe you do need to get vulnerable with them and, and really tell them what's on your mind and, and what's going on. And um, so I did that. I actually started that like, I think it was last year or the year before. I can't remember. Um, but it's been like, such an amazing, amazing shift for us. Like the girls are not afraid to come in and, and lovingly ask me if I'm okay. They text me, they text each other to check on each other. Um, we can, you might think that we're crazy, but we go outside and we take walks if we need to, or 
scream or yell or break a plate or whatever we need to do to get past it, but we help each other get past it. Um, we even have like a, a thing that we do at the, at the end of every year is um, we write down all the, the bad things and negative things that's going on in our brain or things that we want to leave behind in that year and then we burn it. So, you know, just being vulnerable with them and letting them know like it's not for them to take on, but sometimes you need that extra support. Love it. Love it. You know, uh, you know, that vulnerability doesn't, you know, and I think it's the, I think it is the, uh, the deception, the lie that we tell ourselves that vulnerability means that, that there's weakness and that, that doesn't, that doesn't, the two are not related. Uh, the two aren't related, but we, we often tell ourselves, and I think that's a trap that, uh, that we fall into a lot, especially as business owners and leaders, we can fall into that because I think sometimes vulnerability might mean that I don't have every answer. So therefore then, you know, that shows me in some kind of weak way when the reality is, um, it's a lot of the reason why you have a team because maybe someone else does have the support or the answer or, or can add to uh, that and and help turn it the other direction and that is the sign of you know a good leader um so if you had to define if you had to define strengths then so if we talked about the fact that you know um you know sometimes we can equate vulnerability to being weak but we'd say no actually maybe that's something that really is more of a strength than anything what other, what are the other components that you might say, if I'm going to describe strength and, and I'm going to give you a couple key words or just, you know, a couple ideas or thoughts or things like that, how would you describe strength from a, from a leadership standpoint, um, in your opinion? Um, strength and leadership, in my opinion, would be, you know, definitely vulnerability, having empathy, um, and coming from a place of love and coming from a place of empowerment. Love it. Love it. You know, that's, that's awesome stuff. For those out there that would say, I'm going to be, I'm going to go naysayer on you right now. All right. So I'm going to be a little devil's advocate. Well, it feels like maybe Rachel lives in this world of like butterflies and unicorns and, and harmony and, and all of that. Um, punch a hole in that for me because, you know, because I know differently because I know more, I know I'm more familiar with you and your business, but punch a hole in that that would say, listen, you know what? At the same time, I also know that, you know, Rachel's a leader that doesn't, there's also this point of like, don't misbelieve that Rachel just tolerates things that come along or so give me a little bit more of that side or not that side. I don't want to put you in like this other frame, but you know, also, but talk about the fact that I think there is the point where this isn't all about like, oh, just everything's all kumbaya and everything is like, no, there still is. No, we don't, you know, what we do is what we do. And there are systems and there are structures and there are, you know, there are ways that we play the game and don't mistake this for just everyone plays the game the way they want to. Right. I mean, tell me a little bit more about that aspect. 
I mean, for the naysayers, I would definitely say your mindset predicts your results. So if you have negative result, negative mindset, you're going to have those negative results. If you have a positive mindset, you're going to have positive results. Where's your energy up or down? Is your energy up around trying to create better productivity and better outcomes? Or is it down in the pits? Because whatever you predict is going to happen. Um, no, there are times that really freaking suck in leadership and in business. Um, but it all goes back to the mindset. You know, how can you pump yourself up? How can you turn off that little voice in your head or the naysayers in your head and, and just move past it because you've got a bigger mission than just being constantly negative. Um, and that's, that's truly like when times get tough, we own it, we look at it, we debrief it and we move forward. We just, as is it, it is what it is. And I know what they say about people that are as isers, they're dangerous people. Yes, they are because we get out of our own way and out of our own crap to get crap done. You should be very proud of me. I did not cuss. <laughs> I was going to say, I could feel, I was like, where is she going to, she going to do it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you're awesome, Rachel. I love it. And like I said, I love the, you know, let's put it this way. You know, you don't have to, you know, depending on how you're listening to this, you know, we've got this recorded. And if it's just all audio, you can hear the passion. If you could see the video as well that goes with this, you're going to see it in the eyes as well. So, I mean, there is no mistaking the fact that, like I said, you know, listen, well, we can we've talked a lot about empathy and we talked about like the right heart and things like that. That also means, though, it's like there's we want to be firm and fair and there's a way yep. to be both. There is a yep. way to be there's a right way to be firm and also be fair. You know, right. you can do that in the right way and and still not compromise what yep. it is that you're what you're striving toward. And I love the you know how you talked about your goals and things in there. So Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of crap thrown at me. Honestly, like I had a really tough childhood and I had um family members that were extremely close to me my whole life tell me that I would never be successful um and that they still tell me that to this day. And, you know, I kind of look at myself as the black sheep in the family because I am doing it. I'm out there putting the the work to it. And, you know, but I get it. Like when you hear of you got to have you got to come from a place of love, you got to come from a place of empathy. What I would say is I've had a lot of crap thrown at me, but I didn't let it make me hard. I didn't let it make me cold. And I could have. I chose to rise above it and learn from it and learn how I could be the best possible version of me so I could lead my team. Because I just believe that if God places a dream and a vision in you, it's in there for you in, in your head for a reason. So. I love that. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm telling you right now, I have a million other questions, but I'm actually just going to kind of say, you know what, we're going to definitely have to talk again. And I've said that, yeah. you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people I want to keep following back up with. And you are high, high, high on that list because we haven't even scratched the surface of things that I'd love to continue to talk to you about. But I don't want to mess with today because, man, this was an awesome, you know, uh, awesome time together. And what you shared is so powerful that I don't want it to get diluted with other things you know, and other, other lines of thinking and conversation. There's, we got plenty of, we got plenty of podcasts we can do to keep following up. So this has been phenomenal. 
uh, today. So, I mean, I'm just going to wrap things up here and say, man, Rachel, man, thank you so much, man. I just can't appreciate the heart, you know, from what you shared, the power and the passion that you shared it with, you know, just thank you so much. And if you want to see Rachel killing it, man, you got to follow her Instagram because it is like she is on the point with the Instagram and the social media and things. So give Rachel a follow, you know, um, tell them where to find you, Rachel, if they want to if they want to tune in and see more of what you're doing in the awesome part of your business. Uh, give us a give yourself a little shout out. Give yourself a little love here. Yeah, so my Instagram handle is hair by underscore Rachel Beachboard, and Beachboard is spelled with two E's. And then the salon profile is at LaBelle Beach Salon. Again, Beach is spelled with two E's. Awesome. I would love to have y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Lexi, give Rachel a follow. Lexi, she's doing great stuff on there. And you know what I love about it is the fact that, you know, it shows culture, uh, and you can see that coming through. Uh, and you put a lot of things on there that aren't just aren't just pretty hair picks, although there's some beautiful hair uh, on there as well. Uh, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Uh, you know, you do some beautiful hair, um, you. you know, there. But also the messages that you send through there are greater than just that. And there's a lot of passion and a lot of culture in there. So you will not be uh, you know, you won't be disappointed. Uh, like so giving Rachel a follow. So. With that in mind, again, thank you once again, Rachel, for your time and what you what you contributed to this conversation. And we will absolutely have another conversation uh, in the near future. So thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure. All right. And for everyone out there, thank you for joining us. Uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again. But until then, have a great rest of your day and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks again for listening to the Beauty Business Strategies podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to hit follow and please share the episode link with anyone who you think could benefit from today's content. To learn more about how strategies can help create more fun, profit, and growth potential for you, your company, and your team, we invite you to schedule a free 60-minute strategy session by clicking the direct link in the description of this episode. There, you'll also find links to our wide array of coaching, seminar, and learning opportunities all of which can be found at strategies.com.